I'm Alex Mellaris. And I'm Taisei Fu. And apparently, Taisei, your theory about uh, the curse of the us focusing on a team during a week, the fusion curse, uh, was there's, was not real. Who could have seen this coming? Especially from two people like us who tend to believe so profoundly in curses and the supernatural that just two weeks uh, wasn't actually indicative of any ghosts at play. And the Maple Leafs were a perfectly normal 2-1 and one this week. And they're in the middle of a game actually right now against the Islanders. Uh, but let's not talk about that one. Let's talk first about... Uh, we can start with a 3 nothing win over Nashville from Tuesday. Uh, my main notes about this game. Uh, the first thing I thought of and the first main point I want to focus on about the Leafs is that Jack Campbell is freaking unreal and could potentially be one of the frontrunners for the Vesna Trophy now. And people are kind of, now that he's been this good uh, for a, a quite notable amount of time, he was good right after the Leafs acquired him as a backup. He was excellent for all of last year, the 56-game season. He broke some Leafs goaltending records, and he's still just as good, if not better, to start this season. And, uh, I mean, I honestly think now that people are really circling back and be like, wow, yeah, Jack Campbell is the real deal, that the LA Kings should probably be taking more flack for that deal, especially considering uh, Cal Peterson's deficiencies are hurting not only them, but my fantasy team as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, that's looking more and more like a fleece in every day. Uh, and, yeah, Jack Campbell clearly has uh, established himself as, you know, an above average to very good uh, NHL starting goalie. Um, yeah, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, I, I I would absolutely argue that this year, he's an even better than last year. I feel like, you know, last year it felt like, you know, there were some slip-ups here and there. He was still trying to, you know, get used to the workload of being a full-blown NHL starter. And this year, it seems like he's really kind of settled in. And he's the guy for the Leafs that'll make that save um, when they need it to keep him in games. And I saw that, you know, that was something that happened basically all week, right? He was great against the Rangers uh, again, and against the Penguins when they couldn't get any sort of offense going uh, or, you know, after they kept hitting all these posts and crossbars, uh, he would make this crazy save, uh, you know, in and out and, you know, keep it a low scoring game. So, you know, Jack Campbell, definitely in terms of, you know, the turnaround that they've had lately, and I think they've won, what, like 10, 10 out of the last 12. Uh, he's been a huge part of it. I mean, look at the scores of these games. A lot of them, they're all very low scoring this week included. Uh, and, you know, Jack Campbell standing on his head every so often. Uh, is a big part of it, and he was really he really showed that out this week. Yeah, you mentioned Jack Campbell getting into you know getting used to the workload as a starting goalie. Uh, he's never actually really established himself as a starting goalie in terms of like a full season workload. The most games he's played in a season is thirty one, and that was with the LA Kings in eighteen nineteen. And he's very good that year. He had a nine twenty eight save percentage, and he was uh, well the win loss record is. Uh, less appetizing I guess leaves something to be desired but anyway he was individually great and now with the Leafs he played six games after they acquired him the first season obviously that season was cut short 22 last year uh, and 16 so far this year so I think you could potentially make the argument that though all signs point to Jack Gamble being a surefire starting goalie that there definitely is still a chance that you know halfway through the year when he starts to get to this point where he you know, is playing more than he ever has in like a calendar year that maybe he starts to slow down a bit. But as things are looking now, you know, 10 4 and 1, 944 save percentage, people are saying, oh, is Jack Campbell going to make Team USA for the Olympics? And I think if you're, you know, the way things look now, I don't see how you could leave him off in favor of someone like, well, it's probably be like Connor Hellebuck, John Gibson, and Jack Campbell. I think it has to be the three. Are you going to put Demko on the way, you know, the Canucks season has gone? Probably not. Who else would there be? Spencer Knight? I don't think so. Jeremy Swayman, probably not. Am I missing anyone? 
Mm, not that I can think of off the top of my head. So yeah, honestly, it's between. I mean, Demko's been really good for the Canucks too. Not to you know take credit away from him. It's just the team around him fucking sucks. As we'll talk about later, why that is. Um, but you know, Demko himself, I thought he's been spectacular. So between the two, I think it's really for that third spot they'll be vying for it. I don't think Campbell's kind of really run away with it just yet. I think if he keeps it up. Uh, he'll probably get it. Will they even go to the Olympics? That's still up in the air, though. Uh, we don't even know all these freaking COVID cases. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the Leafs and the goaltending uh, has been really strong throughout. Um, but also, you know, just as a whole, it seems that they've got their act together. Obviously, they got off to a bit of a slow start. Uh, and something that I wanted to mention has been their their power play uh, that we saw throughout the week it has looked significantly better than it has even just last year. Uh, and then you know, after earlier this year too, it looks much more dynamic. Uh, they're moving the puck a lot better. It's not nearly as static as it was and or it has been earlier. And, uh, I mean, it's shown. And, you know, in the results, their power play percentage has gone up significantly. And uh, here we go. This was one of the, the main, like, all the star talent. We're wondering, well, is it the coaching? What's what's wrong here? What is it the scheme? Uh, why aren't they able to, all this talent, why can't they put it together? It seems like they started to uh, get into a bit of a groove here in Toronto with the power play. Yeah, kind of like the groove they got into last season and the year before that and the year before that and the regular season. Not that I, I have no problem with your analysis whatsoever. Uh, I just feel as though, you know, this is what, the fourth, fifth time maybe that Leafs fans have seen this recipe of like, oh, you know, we, we're getting into this groove in the regular season. We we have this, you know, long stretch where the team is really showing their full potential. And uh, i got to say, this is uh, the perfect setup. This is the way that the Leafs get their fans believing again somehow it's like what's one what, what of like Aesop's fables I think is like no not Aesop's fable but it's you know Lucy with the football that's the analogy everyone gives where Lucy's like oh you know Charlie Brown come kick the football I promise I'll pull it away this time and then she pulls it away this time and uh the Leafs are are doing it they're doing it again uh and I think maybe it, I must say something about uh the you know, recent years of the Leafs that when I, that I watch, no matter how the Leafs are doing, I'm watching it as if I'm watching a, some sort of Shakespearean tragedy where it's like trying to figure out how the writer decided to like um, most effectively set up the demise in the end. Like, Oh, I see the devices that you're using in order to make the gut punch uh, that much stronger come playoff time. <laughs> you really, you really don't buy it. I think at this point um, I'm looking at this team, Why would, uh, you know, at, what was that? Why would why would I buy it? Especially, I honestly think the team on paper this year is worse than last year. Uh, so, and you know they were playing better last year in the regular season than they are this year. So, if last year was any indication, I don't see why this year is any sort of step up from that. Well, I don't know. Last year was it was different. You know, you're playing all these shitty Canadian teams, and obviously they're going to get into a groove. You play the Auto Senators six times a year, or not even six. It's like ten times a year, um, or eight times a year. Um, now it's just like it seems the competition's you know gone up playing teams like the Rangers and the Penguins and I mean they've lost a couple times to the Penguins but it still seems like they're holding their own uh especially defensively it seems like they've gotten much you know it seems like you know they're they're not uh it seems like they've kind of adopted the mentality that you know Sheldon keeps trying to get of like lower scoring games and it's those it seems like they've started to hold their own in these in this uh in this regular season uh even compared it seems less chaotic in this little 12 game stretch um and we haven't really heard anybody talk about the Maple Leafs since their like seven to one loss, right uh, to the Penguins back in October, it's just been smooth sailing, and I don't know if I've ever seen that from the Leafs, where just like nobody's really talking about it; they're just going about their business. It really seems like they're kind of handling their business this time around, and I don't know. I don't see the the soap opera setup that maybe you do. 
I totally do because I feel like the soap opera setup comes from Leafs fans believing again. And I want to say, like, maybe this is the year, which you're doing right now. Maybe this is the year. That That's all they needed. Because the year started with total apathy about the Leafs from their fans. Like, oh, yeah, you know, this core, they'll never get it done. And now all of a sudden, the fact that they're starting to, you know, get people on board again, that's how you set up the ultimate failure. That's true. Uh, you're not wrong. <laughs> the writers the writers couldn't have, have written it any better uh, in terms of, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a day and night if you compare. You're right. Uh, you compare how the t- how the fan base was in early October to uh, looks like they're fully bought in now. So uh, look, I I'm not totally sold on your point of view, but I would I mean if if ever that collapse comes, first round of the playoffs, um, I'm eating that popcorn. I'm I'm there. Um, but yeah, it seems like you know the least of the- yeah. Go ahead. I was just gonna say this year it probably wouldn't even be a collapse to lose in the first round. They're probably playing, you know. Maybe the Lightning or the Panthers or maybe even the Bruins again. Teams that'd be, you know, at best, like, evenly matched again. So it's not like they'd be the overwhelming favorites like they were against Montreal. It's just probably, you know, kind of sort of likely that they end up losing in the first round again. That's true. Ah, oh, man, you saw, you saw uh, in terms of the Lightning, they, they just they just announced Braden points out indefinitely. Um, yeah, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> another Kucherov comes back in time to beat the Leafs and sweep them. Um, that would be fucking hilarious. Um, so yeah, that's uh, so yeah. Th- th- okay, so we can move to the the second game of the week. Um, a two one victory over the Rangers. Uh, where uh, Morgan Riley, offensive star, fresh off his contract, and uh, he came and scored both goals, both very nice goals. Uh, and yeah, that, and they they managed to hold off the Rangers. I mean, Jack Campbell was great, and they uh kind of stifled them. I mean, the Rangers made a bit of a late push there, but. They managed to shut the door, and that's the kind of low-scoring game that I think Leafs fans, or at least the coaching staff, kind of wants against uh, a quality opponent because the Rangers haven't been terrible this year to start off. Totally unrelated, but I would feel inclined to mention this thing I saw just as I opened Twitter. It's a Burger King We're Hiring poster, and on top in big bold letters it says, Who says you have to retire? Question mark. Just thought I'd point that out. <laughs> It's a bunch of smiling old people. This is extremely dystopic. Anyway, back to ice hockey. Apocalyptic. Uh, okay. Another, <laughs> I was actually I was going to mention this specifically at the Nashville game because he scored in this game, but a really fascinating player on the lease for me is David Kampf. Um, I, I find him, I think of him as like a, a poor man's Philip Dano. Um, because he's really, because... Obviously, you know, he's good defensively. That's why the Leafs targeted him, you know, a shutdown center. Uh, you know, he's pretty smart offensively in some ways. But the thing is, he has absolutely no offensive skills. Uh, you know, his shot is is bad. It's probably like first percentile. The goal he scored was just like, you know, slid through UC Saros. I don't think it even left the ice. Uh, his puck handling skills are are essentially non-existent. It was kind of, kind of it reminded me kind of, of when I used to play hockey when I was like 10 years old, I played at a, a low level, as I'm sure you can imagine. Uh, that, And because of that, there tended to be at least a couple players who were just significantly uh, lower skills than everyone else. And David Kampf reminded me of that. David Kampf reminded me of that. And yet, you know, he still provides value because of how good he is in every aspect of the game, except for raw talent. And I find that very interesting. I think it's pretty funny if you ask me. Um, but yeah, I mean, it looks like the Leafs have found a nice role for him uh, in their bottom six. Uh, I think he usually, who does he usually play with? Like, uh, he plays with Kasha and, I mean, Engvall is the guy. Line. 
Yeah. Okay. Right. And and they've they've seemed to they were pretty good uh, in that Rangers game. I thought the fourth line in particular. I mean, Wayne Simmons out here getting offensive chances. Uh, he looked pretty good. So it looks like they've, they're their bottom six. I mean, it looks it's a significant downgrade from what they had last year. Um, but it seems like they're gelling. And you know, in terms of uh, yeah, it seems like they found their role. And I guess that's the recipe for sex for success. You have guys like Camp, you know. Um, and uh, I guess I guess he's a he's a rich man's version of of all of us. Um, David Camp is <laughs> uh, is what we all aspire to be. If we're all NHL players, we'd all be David Camp. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it seems like yeah, the Leafs bottom six. I got good vibes from them this uh, this week. It seems that they've uh, yeah they they found their roles, and th- that's I mean that's all you can really ask from a bottom six. David Kampf, the people's shutdown center. Is that his nickname? Probably yes. not. It's a pretty terrible nickname. And and it's very clunky too. Uh, Andre Kasha also actually during that Nashville game, because he, he made a nice setup to comp for his goal and then scored the empty header. All the Leafs fans on my timeline were freaking out about Andre Kasha and how good he is. Uh, another thing that happened in that game was uh, Nick Ritchie fighting Michael McCarron. And I was kind of like, oh, Michael McCarron. I guess he's back up in the NHL. That's... Uh, that's nice, I guess. Nice to see him, you know, sticking around, even if it is just as a goon. Uh, and I gotta say, Nick Ritchie, um, I was well documented disappointment so far this season for the Leafs, and I think he's making like two and a half million dollars this year and next, so that's that's not looking very good. Uh, but all the nice things I said, I mean, all the mean things I said about David Kampf apply to Nick Ritchie as well, except he isn't as good defensively or valuable and doesn't play center. Uh, he he just kind of looked is it harsh do you think to call nick ritchie a liability i'm not sure i think like that contract is definitely a liability as a player i'm not sure if he is like he had one breakaway i think i remember seeing i think it was in the rangers game and or like a quasi breakaway and ended up just going nowhere and i was like man what does this guy bring to the table yeah i think he's really at best this guy brings a war of like 0.0 and that you, you just pray that he doesn't go into the negatives at some point. Um, yeah, he's like, a, he's like, he's really at this point a bit of a nothing. And for a team like the Leafs with those great aspirations, uh, he seems out of place, right? Uh, especially when I just talked about how the other guys seem to have figured out what they're supposed to do. Nick Ritchie, it's like, you know, what are you doing here? Like, what's your fucking job? And uh, what do you even do? And with a cap hit like that, you, you you best know what the hell you're doing out here. And yeah, so that's that's Nick Ritchie. Uh, clearly a bad signing off the bat. And yeah, it, it really is the question. I mean, like if he doesn't bring anything offensively, which he doesn't really, he's he hasn't been great in any sort of shutdown role. Uh, like, you know, I think they're, they've started to shuffle the lines a bit uh, to try to find him new partners. I think they uh, moved Engvall down to the fourth line uh, to bring up to bring up Ritchie to the third. Um, we'll see if that changes things up, but yeah, that's somebody who currently brings no surplus value to the Leafs, and you know the Leafs, as cap strapped as they are, uh, for a guy when they're spending two and a half million dollars on, he better bring some sort of surplus value, or uh, they're fucked. You know, like all these other guys, they're they're on there for basically nothing. They're like you know, they're like found money from the couch. You know, like these these fucking nobodies that uh, that kind of came together and they kind of built it together with the scraps of their cap. Um, when you got when you got a guy like you can't afford to have a guy like Richie who doesn't really do shit and uh, doesn't bring anything on a night to night basis. Yeah, Richie, he's he started the season playing on the Matthews and Marner line, which you know is pretty much the best you could ask for. 
Uh, they ended up switching him out, put Michael Bunting on that line when it wasn't really clicking for him. Michael Bunting, as far as I remember, did decently well, but Nick Ritchie continued to suck in the bottom six. They said, all right, Nick Ritchie, giving you one more chance up on this top line with Matthews and Marner, giving you every opportunity to succeed offensively and still basically nothing. He has two assists in 19 games, uh, and he is currently listed on Cat Friendly right now, presently, on the line with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, so... I find at this point he's told you what he is, and you is your probably best advice to put Michael Bunting back on that line and play Nick Ritchie on the fourth line, uh, because you know that's probably, I mean that's clearly the role that would suit him best and probably where he has the best chance at adding value to the lineup. Um, but I don't see this being you know the type of player that works out on this team long. It kind of reminds me of the Jimmy v- the Jimmy VC signing they made last year. They're like, all right, Jimmy Vesey, we're starting with Tavares and Elander. And then it didn't go well. Uh, he didn't click there. He didn't really do much of anything when he was in the bottom six. And to just move down the lineup, down, down, diminish roll, diminish roll, healthy scratch, and put on waivers and claim by the Canucks. And I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if Nick Ritchie keeps being this much of a non-factor. If he ends up on waivers too, the only difference is I don't see him getting claimed because VC was making under a million and Ritchie's two and a half. Yeah, exactly. I know it's not worth the risk at this point. He doesn't drive any sort of play, right? Uh, and yeah, that's the issue. When you guys sign a guy like VC uh, or Richie, and you know, you okay, they're a solid body. Maybe they've got a bit of skill, so you can put them with Martyrs and Matthew uh, or Tavares and Nylander as part of that, as you know, that third wheel. Um, but if it doesn't work there, like it doesn't really work in the bottom six because they don't drive anything. They don't really bring any sort of surplus value other than maybe having a bit of talent and you know, maybe trying to fill that Hyman role uh, after he left for Edmonton. So, you know, if it doesn't work out there, where does it really work out? Nowhere. Is, it seems to be the answer. And yeah, here you are. He, he it's He's out of place everywhere, right? And with this kind of money, you just kind of staple to your cap. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, that, that's basically the story with Nick Ritchie. And I, I guess it, you could make the argument, oh, if you just have, you know, this one sour spot of the forward group it is a pretty good forward group and it is a pretty good forward group uh you know the main driving force behind at least the first part of this hot stretch that the Leafs were on is that Matthews Marner Tavares and Elander were scoring basically all the Leafs goals and when that happens uh you're they're in a pretty good spot um understandably so especially because of course they take up so much of the cap that they kind of need them all to be firing on all cylinders to go on a, a stretch like they have uh but the one last main note that I had written down is something I wanted to make sure we touched on about the Leafs, uh, is their goal song, uh, the Holland Oats, You Make My Dreams Come True. Uh, because I feel like it gets a bit of a bad rap for being annoying. But I've got to say, I think it's a great goal song. And I think it's ideal. And the reasons for that are, uh, A, it's a bop. It's a good song in general, which of course matters, but it's an, it's not a bop that everyone can enjoy. If you're a team that just got scored on and that song plays, then it's really annoying. And I feel like that's an extremely key aspect of a goal song is that you want it to really annoy the other team when they hear it. If you're that's the type of song you got to be happy to listen to and enjoy. And if you're sad and all of a sudden this do 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 it's like ah oh, shut up. Yeah, you, you got to be in the right mood, right? uh to hear the song and if it's not it just kind of aggravates you and so uh sure it it's it's uh roll as the goal song i um i have no other opinions on on the song um but uh 
in that sense, it's a it's a pretty good strategic choice. Pisses the opponents off, and uh, yeah, you got it's 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 a vibe song. You have to be in the right vibe set. If not, you're you're not gonna have a good time. Which I think is the perspective of a lot of non leagues fans, right? When they hear it, and then they complain about it, and so here yeah. we are. That's why I got so much beef, so much so much flack. Yep. All right. Uh, so, you know, I think we've covered all the important aspects about the Leafs. Jack Campbell, David Kampf, Nick Ritchie, Holland Oates. Uh, this is what everyone loves to talk about when we talk about, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Derek, anything else you'd like to cover? Nope. I think we can move to general NHL stuff. Um, so where do we go to first? I mean, uh, depends how we judge the magnitude of news. Let's go to, let's stay in Canada, where we will go to, uh, Vancouver. Where we have uh, the the Jim Benning rage has is, is and his hot seat is getting hot as ever. The rage is reaching all new levels in the city of Vancouver, and uh, yeah, we've got we had a fun little presser with Jim. Uh, we had the owner speaking out. Looks sounds like they also had a little meeting together, uh, and uh, yeah, the fans are as mad as ever. They're they're chanting to fire Benning in this in the in the stadium in the arena. And uh, yeah, well, we shall see just how Aquil- how long Aquilini can hold on to Benning before he finally has to let him go. Jim Benning didn't think the Canucks would be this bad to start the year. And to be fair, neither did I. You might recall I actually predicted they would make the playoffs because I looked at their roster and I said, you know, for all the god-awful, terrible defensemen that they have on their team, their forward group is very good, and their goalie, Thatcher Demko, is very good, and I think that uh, will make up for it. As it turns out, I was wrong. As it turns out, having five of the six defensemen on your team be pretty much below replacement level is a recipe for total catastrophe and disaster. Uh, but Jim Benning, I think that the quote that you were telling me right before we started recording, it was something like, uh, like he feels like he's to blame for this. And it's like, really, Jim? Really? You think this team that you've been in charge of since 2014 still absolutely sucking is like your fault, like maybe a little bit? I can't believe it. Uh, And it was pointed out, I was listening to the Steve Dangle podcast the other day, and one of them mentioned how, you know, a lot of times teams are, you know, they'll tank, they'll be bad on purpose, they'll, they'll sell for draft picks and prospects and try to, you know, restock the cupboards. The Canucks have never done that under, under Jim Benning. The entire time they've been unintentionally bad. Uh, let, wait, let me pull up uh, the standings every year since Jim Benning. Is, so he started the 2014-15 season, was his first full year as a Canucks GM. They made the playoffs that year and lost in the first round. Um, the year after that, I believe they were 29th in the NHL back when, you know, it was a 30-team league. The year after that, I want to say it was 29th again. Uh 2018, the year after that, uh, they were definitely somewhere in like the mid 20s, I think. Uh, it's so basically, it's been bad. It's been bad the whole time, and the worst part is that the entire time they've been trying to compete, there was never a year where they're like, "Oh yeah, let's load up on draft picks this year." Every year, it feels like a lot of times, especially in those super dark years with the Canucks, it was like, "Oh, why are they missing their third round pick randomly this? Year? Why do you only have six picks? You're terrible. What are you doing?" And uh, at this point. Uh, it's probably not probably dating back for like almost five years. It really does fall in the Aquilini's. It's like, how could you possibly think this guy's going to turn it around? He's shown you every single year what he does as GM, what he is, what his philosophies are, and how that translates to the ice. And it hasn't worked yet. So the fact that you think it's going to miraculously change is uh, it's downright stupid. 
So yeah. So yeah. Okay. So yeah. That's that's the story. That's the Jim Benning story, just as it has been since 2016. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we know who he is. We know what he does, right? Um, and uh, we know he's a bad general manager. And the fact that he's managed to keep his job. Um, and really, he I don't know if he's come under this much fire in the last like seven years is truly remarkable. It's a feat of engineering, honestly. Um, engineering. It's impressive. Huh? He's He's been shit. He's been total shite. All his moves backfire. He makes bad free agency decision after free agency decision. He's bad at drafting. He's bad at developing. The team fucking sucks. All right. Um, and it sucks every single year, you know, barring like a couple high draft picks that they hit on every so often. And, you know, it's, it's, it's truly remarkable that he's still there. Um, and everybody shits on him all the time. He's like the league meme uh, for general managers. I mean, we've made, <laughs> I mean, he's our league meme on this podcast. And he, uh, yeah, he manages to escape all sort of accountability up until now. And so, yeah, it's, it's really, you know, it's a feat of engineering. It's a feat of sticking your head into the ground uh, in, in terms of the Aquilinis. And yeah, I mean, this is completely his fault. It's, it's completely of his own fucking doing. Uh, kicking down the road in terms of bad contracts over and over again. And uh, yeah, he's just not good at his job. He's never been good at his job. Where, what great thing has he ever done that has convinced us that Jim Benning is any sort of competence? I don't know. Uh, apart from what? Being part of that 2011 Boston front office? Is that it? Hmm. What's his resume? I'm so confused. Like, what has yeah, earned him the right to be in this job? You'd think, I think I've mentioned this before, but you'd think a guy who's a bad GM who ends up keeping his job longer than he should would be someone who's a great talker and very good at convincing people of a plan or motivating people or something. And Jim Benning is probably even worse at that than being a general manager. Every time he gets out in front of a camera, he's just tripping over his phrases. He can barely put a cohesive sentence together. And that doesn't make him a bad GM. It just makes it even more surprising that he would manage to, to keep this role at all. Oh, did you see the um the Instagram post that Tanner Pearson liked? Yeah, I saw that. It was like a jersey, right? And it was like, thank you, Jim. And it was a list of all the shitty players he's acquired over the course of his tenure. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, which I do have to say, I may give him a little benefit of the doubt in that this jersey was a little bit difficult to understand like what it was actually trying to say at first. Uh, so basically, uh, so this is, a, a, I think, like a Barstool Vancouver uh, photo uh, that someone took a picture of. So it makes sense Tanner Pearson and you know other hockey players are following Barstool. Uh, but this is someone at a Canucks game uh, it appears this used to be a Jake Vertanen jersey, uh, but it's been covered up almost entirely. On top, it says, thank you, Jim. And then right underneath, it's mostly, you can tell it still says Vertanen. So I was confused at first, like, Jim Vertanen? That's not a person. And then I was like, oh, I get it. And then underneath that, it says Erickson, Vey, Granlund, Myers, Goodbranson, Gagne, Forsling, Sutter, Beagle, Roussel, Uolevi, Holtby, Toffoli. So uh, for various different reasons, these are all players associated with uh, a grave Jim Benning error. Most of them just bad UFA signings. And Tanner Pearson uh, hit like on it. I'm implying either A, uh, he didn't understand the jersey either, or B, he also thinks Jim Benning sucks at his job and should be fired. Which do you think it is? I'm inclined, like, you know, you can give him the benefit of the doubt all you want, but I am inclined to believe that he didn't actually buy that a fan was thanking Jim Benning for acquiring Jake Fortanen and all these other scrubs. 
so I think I think Tanner Pearson may be in on it, uh, and in a in a fit of frustration, I uh, hit that yeah, double just, tap on Instagram. I can totally buy Tanner Pearson privately thinking that Jim Benning should be fired. What confuses me uh, is that he wasn't aware enough to not like this post and realize that the likes would be public, and which leads me to maybe he just didn't understand. He was like, oh, a Vancouver jersey uh, with a bunch of different players' names on it. That's inventive, like, and just moved on with his life. <laughs> yeah, either way, we're, we're, we're like doubting Tanner Pierce's intelligence. Um, either he's too stupid yes. to realize what the jersey's saying, or he's too stupid to realize he may get in shit if he publicly likes opposed to bashing his own general manager. Um, so, you know, <laughs> not the brightest of moves. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm still after this analysis. I'm still leaning on uh, Tanner Pearson is, uh, is, is, has, has gone to the dark side and is, a, is now an anti, anti-Benning man. Wow. Uh huh. Tanner Pearson gonna be leading the chant at the next Canucks game. Fire banning! Can't wait for him to be pumping his fist along with the rest of the crowd. Looking forward to that. Stick taps. All right. Um, moving on. Um, there was also all right. Stay, staying in Canada for the NHL. We heard a little buzz. You, you, you've used the same segue twice now. Come up with something else. All right. Um. Moving across the coast of Canada from the west to the well, east. That's the same thing. That's the exact same thing. Uh, uh, speaking of uh, uh, tan, something with like a tan, tanner. Speaking of franchises that have never won a Stanley Cup. Hey, there we go. Well, yeah, franchises, because yeah. the, the Nordiques actually they became the avalanche they won. Speaking of cities that have never won a Stanley Cup. There, that's the Thank one. Where, where, where? That's a little bit again. of workshopping. All right. Um, speaking of cities that have never won a Stanley Cup, sounds like Quebec City uh, is at least talking um, in terms of trying to acquire a franchise. Maybe, maybe even Arizona is the buzz we've been getting. Uh, I think we heard that the Premier of Quebec, Frankie Legault himself, met with Gary Bettman the other day to discuss the possibility. Um, and, uh, yeah, what are you, what's your take on this? Do you think this will ever happen? Okay. Uh, my short answer is no. Uh, but I want to, I'm looking forward to this because I was doing some research and some funny things happened. Some of it was tangential, but I had a good time doing some research for this because I first like, all right, let me find an article that hits all the basic facts about what's going on with the Nordiques. Uh, and the top one that came up was Fox News. And I was just looking around like, oh, is there any other website I could click on? But there weren't really. So this foxnews.com article, our favorite news website, uh, it basically, it does just, you know, go over the main facts. So I'll be reading those. Uh, Quebec Premier Francois Legault is in discussions with NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman to bring back the defunct franchise. RDS reports that Legault will be meeting with the senior leaders of the NHL in early 2022. You have to look to know who is ready to invest, Legault said. We have an amphitheater already built in Quebec, and we are making contacts with Commissioner Gary Bettman to find out what we need to bring back the Nordiques. And it goes over like you know some history of the Nordiques. It was Quebec City was by far the smallest market in the NHL, second to only Green Bay for smallest in North American sports. 
blah, 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 blah. They already have the Videotron Center, building capacity of 18,259, making it the largest indoor arena in Canada that doesn't host an NHL team. Then, as, as you said, meanwhile, it's possible the Coyotes could be on the way out. Arizona's ranked low in attendance. Uh, Glendale told the Coyotes that uh, this will be the last season in the Gila River Arena, uh, but they're still looking to find a long-term solution in Arizona, but time is running out. So those are the main points they hit on in that Fox News article. But then I found another article on dailyhive.com that just came out a couple hours ago, I think. It says 11.47 a.m. today, November 21st. It says, could the NHL's Quebec Nordiques be on their way back to the league? Well, it depends who you ask. Quebec Premier Francois Legault told RDS that he and Gary Bettman were discussing about the return to Quebec City uh, with meetings set up in the future to hammer out details but the NHL appears to be disputing those claims. Uh, Jeff Merrick reports that while Legault and the league did talk on the phone, NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly says the league is pleased with what they have and that no meetings are planned about the Nordiques' future. So, hmm, here we have, you know, a politician and a corporation with conflicting claims about what's actually going on. And what I'm most surprised about is not that one of them is lying, but that one of them appears to be telling the truth. Yep, absolutely. Um, I mean, what do you expect though? Uh, in terms of, uh, they're they're trying to they're both trying to feed their media narratives. I think Quebec, I uh, like I think I think Legault and his little bunch of cronies are trying to you know push the hype. Oh, we met with Gary Batman the other day, uh, and I'm inclined to believe the league because why the fuck would they meet with the Quebec City people? It doesn't make any sort of sense to move your team to Quebec City uh, at all. First of all. Uh, we see an attendance in Canada is lower than in than really ever before. Um, it's lower than in the states. It's among the lowest attendance in the league right now. Uh, there's no space or money to plant another team in Quebec City. Uh, and not only that, you'll be taking away like you know fan share from the Habs, I assume or something. Like it's not. It doesn't make any sort of sense. Small ass city, Quebec City. You know, everybody's went to Quebec City, looks at Quebec City, and you're like, yeah, this fucking city, small as shit. You're not, you can't host an NHL team here. You're fucking delirious. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm inclined to believe the NHL on this one. And because, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I think everybody, you know, like, you know, you can, you know, Legault can, you know, toot his horn all, all he wants. Oh, we're going to make it happen. Uh, and he also, like, well, wants to invest in hockey, make more Quebec players in the NHL for the Habs, whatever it is. Um, yeah, it's all a bunch of bullshit. And I don't buy it from Legault at all. Uh, for once, I'm. Uh, Gonna side with the corporation on this one in believing that they have no interest in going to uh, the middle of nowhere in Quebec City. Yeah, what this honestly could be is Francois Legault called Gary Bettman and said, "Hey, want to move your team to Quebec?" And Gary Bettman said, "No thanks." And Legault said, "We were talking about it. We had discussions." Uh, that's probably it because I really think there are a number of cities in the United States that. Um, that the NHL would consider moving the Coyotes to before they cross the border. And Houston would probably be number one because uh, it's pretty close and a big market. And I think they were, I don't know, one of the rumored teams for expansion before they settled on Seattle. Uh, but anyway, would you like to hear some of the comments on foxnews.com on this article? <laughs> Please, enlighten us. Okay. What I want. Um, Okay, uh, warning, there is there's some bigotry upcoming. Um, oh, okay, so, so our first comment from Lib Stole White House. Uh, <laughs> Off to a flying start. I've got to be honest. 
The comment itself is not that bad. Uh, the the comment okay. itself is Halifax, Nova Scotia should have a team before Quebec. It's about time the Atlantic provinces are represented in the league. There's a decent fan base, close to half a million, and Nova Scotia has spawned some of the greatest players in the game over the past couple decades, including Sidney Crosby, spelled C-R-O-S-B-I-E, Nathan McKinnon, spelled M-C-K-I-N-N-O-N, and Brad Marchand. <laughs> and the top comment reply to it with six thumbs up is... The first girl player in the NHL, Sidney Crosby. And this is a comment from Choke On It Liberals. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what is going on? I don't I don't even know what to make of that second reply comment. What is that trying to convey mm-hmm. exactly? I'm so confused. It's- it's trying to say, oh, uh, I want to insult Sidney Crosby by calling him a woman. That That's it. Wow. Really really got the libs there, buddy. Um, really, uh-huh. really owned them. <laughs> yeah, you know what they say. Sidney Crosby, noted liberal. Um, but, uh, but yeah, all right. I mean, that's... All right, some more. <laughs> that's what you get when you look some at the more. comment section. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some more, some more. Please, please. Okay, here's one from G. Herbert. From G. Herbert, that's not particularly bigoted, just kind of stupid. It says, that's okay. fine. Just don't take our Colorado Avalanche back to Quebec City. As if that were going to Nobody happen. said that, Herbert. <laughs> Nobody fucking <laughs> brought it up, Herbert. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I know. I always find it funny when people just, you know, are like, how can I possibly chime into this discussion in a way that's extremely unique to me? Uh, And, you know, you end up with comments like that. Uh, Here's one from Arizona Conservative 557. Gary Bettman reminds me of Ram Emanuel. Dishonest. (laughs) That's it? That's it? He just had to... First of all, who is Ram Emanuel? Do you know I looked who at that is? just I have no idea. a democratic a democrat politician who was uh somewhere in, elected I don't know, like mayor of Chicago maybe from like 20 around 2012 if I'm let me look it up uh but he is a I know a democrat politician so that should give you information 55th mayor of Chicago from 2011 to 2019 said a member of the democratic party he previously served as the 23rd white house chief of staff from 2009 uh to 2010 so I'm not. Uh, I know nothing about this person, but uh, I and I, so I don't contest the claim that he's dishonest. It's just very peculiar to take this article that you know is like about Gary Bettman, I guess, and be like, oh, he's dishonest, like this politician, this liberal politician, Gary Bettman. These opinions, these opinions could not possibly be any more unsolicited, um, <laughs> or. or uh. <laughs> Or relevant. Uh, I mean, okay. who is Rob Emanuel? What was a lot? Nobody was thinking about Rob Emanuel. Nobody cares. For the love of God, who uh, is this guy? This this person that made that comment probably hears like watches a movie, sees somebody tell a lie, and is like, oh, you know, getting very strong Rob Emanuel vibes from this. <laughs> yeah, but the question: you might be the only person to ever have Rob Emanuel vibes about anything. I mean. <laughs> Who's thinking about him? This Who's thinking? I mean, it's what? As, as like a monopoly yeah, on dishonesty. Right, right. It's one thing if it's like, oh, uh, Gary Bevan is a dishonest or sleepy Joe. And like, that's the kind of shit I would expect 
on a Fox News comment site. But out of left field, this guy goes after Rom fucking Emanuel. I don't know what he did. Probably slept with this guy's wife. I don't know. He's got some <laughs> personal beef because I've never. I I don't know. It's, it's completely unsolicited. Very uncalled for. Extremely uncalled for. This is all very uncalled for. But uh, this one in particular, mm-hmm. I mean, wow. All right. I, I did not scroll all the way down and read every single comment, but I'll do one more. My favorite one, slash least favorite, okay. Uh, okay. from Pinocchio Joe underscore Biden. So that's like Pinocchio, but without the O. Pinocchio wow. Joe underscore Biden. Wow. And this has nine thumbs up, by the way. Failed <laughs> once. Now there's a new generation of effeminate liberals in Quebec. Semicolon failed again. <laughs> what? Okay, I think I think what Pinocchio Joe Biden is trying to say uh, is that people who live in that Quebec is filled uh, with effeminate liberals, uh, and that is why that is the main reason why the original Nordiques team didn't last, and because it's still that way today. If the Nordiques came back, the exact same thing would happen. Wow. What, what an because eloquent the, man. Because the people, there aren't enough conservative, strong men in this province to support a hockey team like the Quebec Nordiques. That's the, Not enough that's manly the men. analysis we're getting. Wow, that's incredible. What a take. Somebody put him on a talk show right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's so dumb. I mean, yeah. that's. I, I mean, what do you expect? Oh, so you said nine thumbs up? Nine thumbs know, up. What, it really got Quebec there in a bind. It really, really <laughs> wrecked him. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, maybe, you know, that's enough, uh, you know, misogyny and transphobia for one day. Let's move on to guess who? Are you ready for it? Are you ready to destroy yeah. me yet again? Oh, man. Stop Stop saying the bar so low. It's, uh, okay, well, you're you only know, setting me up for disappointment. Yeah, that's that's not true. I'm also setting myself up for disappointment because I'm gonna be disappointed when I lose. Uh, anyway, all right. Um, oh, actually, I thought of something funny that we had instead yeah. of calling this, uh, guess who? We could call it guess who's gonna lose, and it's me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Um, if, so if that's, uh... I suppose I'll introduce very optimistic. Uh, this week's team. Yeah, it's very optimistic on my part. For anyone who may have forgotten or is out of the loop, uh, I'm on quite the losing streak here in Guess Who. Uh, not only that, but I've lost convinc- convincingly, I think, three times in a row. Uh, August 15th, Taisei wins in the Columbus match. Then September 12th, Taisei wins the Arizona match. October 3rd, Taisei wins the Vancouver match. October 24th, Taisei wins the Buffalo match. So I have four total wins. Taisei has nine. And five ties dating back to May 31st, 2020. Uh, but I think, you know, looking at this recent pattern of teams, I think today I might break out of my slump and I might win this one just because we're switching from bad teams to a good team, the Colorado Avalanche. And I decided because the Nordiques were a topic today, we could uh, talk about the team that used to be the Nordiques, the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, we got Darcy Kemper, Yoni Johansson, Pavel Francouz, Kale McCarr, Devon Tave, Samuel Gerard, Eric Johnson, Ryan Murray, Bowen Byram, Jack Johnson, Curtis McDermott, Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, and Gabriel Landeskog, Nazem Kadri, Andre Burakovsky, Valerie Nachushkin, JT Comfort, Tyson Jost, Alex Newhook, Logan O'Connor, Nicholas Obey Kubel, Darren Helm, Jason Megna, and Kiefer Sherwood. Those are our 25 names. 
Yes, indeed. So I guess uh, the analysis that we gleaned prior to you reading the list is that you embody the teams that we guess who. Um, or at least that, that may be your hypothesis this time around. Uh, yes. Okay, all right. We'll see if it holds. Um, so what's our rule exactly for establishing who goes first? Um, first of all, I have uh, already randomized my... Uh, my players. Yeah, me too. I believe that since you won the last one, I have home guess advantage, which means that ah. you have the first guess. Okay, yet right. again. So let's 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 announce our, our players, and then we can start. All right. Uh, I will mute my incoming audio in three, two, one. I have Jason Megna, and I'm back. All right. Uh, I will guess in three, two. Uh, sorry, not guess, but uh, mute in three, <laughs> two, one. My player is Bowen Byram. All right. I am returning. I am back. All right. Okay. All right. Indeed you I are. Have a new, I, have, I have a new fun column this time around. We'll see if I ever, if it ever comes into play. Um, okay. All right. I'm about to know so, what it is. Uh, yeah, you'll, you'll figure it out if it ever comes into play. Um, okay. So. Uh, does your uh, player's last name start with uh, the letter K or earlier in the alphabet? Yes, my player's last name does start with the letter K or earlier in the alphabet. All right. Okay, see you all later, folk. Go ahead. Was your player a first-round draft pick? My player was not a first-round draft pick. Awesome. Nice. Off to a great start for me. Really? Is that sarcastic? Yeah. I can't tell. Actually, that wasn't sarcastic. <laughs> I mean, oh, okay. the hint of sarcasm was probably uh, me being like, oh, I'm sure the fact that I'm after a good start won't turn come and disappoint me in the end. <laughs> Incredible cynicism. All right. Um, was, okay, here's the new column. Was your player acquired via trade? No, my player was not acquired via trade. Okay, all right. So that's that's seven people. All them all right. drafted people, signed people, waiver claims. Go ahead. Hmm, what shall I do? Does your player shoot or catch left? Shoot or catch left. My player does not shoot or catch left. All right, got a bunch of righties in the squad now. I got six players left. Correct. Okay. All right. Let's see. Um, hmm. I have the most okay. irrelevant list of six players you could possibly imagine. <laughs> yeah, my mine are pretty fucking obscure as well. I gotta say, <laughs> let me. I'm just trying to find a way to slice and dice them. That makes sense. Um. All right, no, that doesn't. Nah, let's go with first name. See if that that gives me anything good. All right, sure, I guess. Um, all right, does your player's first name uh, start from A to M? Yes, my player. First my name, player's first A name is from does start from A to M. All right, interesting. So I've got, I'm left with three people. Is your player's nationality United States? My player's nationality indeed is the United States. Fascinating. I got three players left as well now. 
Go ahead. All right, here we are. Take your guess. Okay. Make your choice. We have Bowen Byram. We have Jack Johnson. We have Darren Helm. Um, you know, one sticks out like a sore thumb. One is the only fifth round pick, non first round pick, forward, and uh, fantasy irrelevant guy. So, uh, is your player Darren Helm? No, my player is not Darren Helm. Oh, what the hell? What is this? And here's the thing. This is, this is honestly a fucking shocker. I got, into, <laughs> I got into such a habit. As you start talking, I was like, oh, he, oh, he's going to guess Darren Helm. My player is not Darren Helm. But yet, when I went to say, no, my player is not Darren Helm, due to muscle memory, I very nearly went, yes, my player is Darren Helm. <laughs> Even oh, my God. Isn't. Been conditioned, been fucking conditioned. Yeah. All right, let's, okay. Let's see if you can pull off the dub. Read us your options. Right. My options are JT Comfer, uh, and fringe players Jason Megna and Kiefer Sherwood, uh, who give off identical vibes. I have to say, uh, JT Comfer does indeed stick out, um, but you know he's relevant. I'm going to go and um, maybe should I start to really, really overthink this and analyze your laugh when I said that I have a list of six irrelevant players? Because if I recall, that laugh sounded like that was something you expected. If your player was JT Comfort, maybe that wouldn't have been the case. Uh, can't wait for your player to be JT Comfort. But anyway, is your player Jason Megna? Wow. Look at that. Oh, My player I is Jason Magna. Let's Crazy. go. Look at him. Look at him. Wow. Okay. On the road. You want to take a little celebration lap? Yes. I shall run around the room. Just kidding. I won't. But imagine I am. All right. Done. Okay. All right. Now come back right. again. Do you want to guess mine? Oh, uh, was there Bowen Byram? Yes, it was Bowen Byram. Okay, all right. That's damn. He's on your fantasy team, isn't he? Uh, sure that's, is. That's, that's unfortunate. All right. Well, all at right. least it wasn't Jack Johnson. Player. That would have been bad. No? That would have been impossible. All right, I got mine too. Okay, I shall mute incoming audio. Three, two, one. Curtis McDermott. And I'm back. All right, I'm muting in three, two, one. My player is Logan O'Connor. All right, I am returning now. Very nice. Wow. All right, so this time I have the first guess. Is that correct? Crazy. Yeah. Is your player 26 years old or younger? Uh,. My player, you say 26 or younger? Yeah. My player is not 26 or younger. Ooh, very nice. Now I'm I'm down to 11. That's that's ugly. It's an ugly news. Um, all right. <laughs> is your player's number 28 or lower? Uh, I forgot who my player was for a second. 28 or lower? <laughs> yes, my player's number is 28 or lower. All right, down to 12. Proceed. All right. um, was your player... Uh, was your player drafted in the top 10? Hmm. 
my player was not drafted in the top 10. Oof. Ouch. You'll have to hear it. Actually, it's not that bad, actually, now that I look at it. Okay, if you say so. These are All right. decent six. Okay, was your player uh, acquired via trade or the draft? Um, No, my player was not acquired via trade or the draft. All right. Mr. was signed or acquired via waivers. Go ahead. All right. I'm going to ask. Um, ooh, how do I split this up to get it the way I want? Um, how do I, what do I have it sorted by now? Oh, was your player ever drafted? My player was never drafted. Okay, okay. I'm down to my final three. All right. Let us let us see. Hmm. All right. Let me let me find a good let me find a good split. Uh, it seems that every way I split it, I get I get either I'm either going hit or miss. I get three notable players or three scrubs. Um. <laughs> all right. I'll do my best with this. Um. Is your player's number thirteen or lower? No, my player's number is not thirteen ah. or lower. Damn, this makes my choice impossible. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Oh, shit. Okay. All right, go ahead. I have three players left. I have yeah. goalie Pavel Francouz. I have guy it was last round, Jason Megna. And I have the guy I am now, of course, obliged to actually guess. Is your player Curtis McDermott? Damn, my player is Curtis McDermott. Let's you, go. What's his- what fucking steroids did you take today? Uh-huh, um, yeah, I guess I'm I don't all right, go ahead. I don't appreciate this shit. Um, all right. We <laughs> have uh Nicholas Obkubel, we have Logan O'Connor, and we have Ryan fucking Murray. Um, three guys who I don't know how to differentiate in any sort of way. And I was struggling. <laughs> I was explicitly trying to separate these three guys, no matter how I did it, I couldn't. So I just I resigned myself to just to split up those guys. It's not like they're much in common. Oh, you could have come up with something. You could have come up with something if you wanted to. Okay, maybe I should have looked at the draft column for once. All right, this might be a clean sweep if I don't get this. All right, Um, I'm just gonna go on vibes. Uh, Yeah, so Obkubel is the only guy on waivers from the entire team. He's the only guy who's been acquired by waivers, and there's a defenseman, Ryan Murray. So is your is your player Logan O'Connor? Yeah. Player's Logan O'Connor. <laughs> I'm still in it. I'm still in it. I'm barely I'm fucking hanging a, on. I'm glad to have at least secured the tie. Um, ending my losing Legit. streak. That's Small good. victories. Good. All I have to do, I have to do, is avoid outright losing round three, and uh, I win the Avalanche match. Uh, I yep. can't wait to see how I blow it this time. All right, let us begin. All right, um, I randomized. Okay. I've got my new I have randomized you have yours? Yep. yep. All right, I'm muting incoming audio in a three, two, one. I have Nicholas Obkubel. And I'm back. All right, I'm muting in three, two, one. My player is Tyson Jost. All right, I am returning 
Am I? Do you have first guess advantage this time around? I believe you do. Uh, right? This this time it is you. No, uh, yeah, okay. this time it's you. And then I guess for okay, got it. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna copy you. Your first round guess. Uh, was your player drafted in the first round? Who's my player again? I just, oh yeah, okay. Yes, my player was drafted in the first <laughs> round. Okay, all right, all right. So that's already pretty notable. Go ahead. All right. Uh, is your player's number between four and thirty-one, including four and thirty-one? Okay. Um. Yes, my player's number is in that range, four to thirty-one right. inclusive. Very interesting. Okay. All right. Um. All right. Was your player drafted by Colorado? Yes, my player was drafted by Colorado. Okay. All right. All right. I see we have someone. A Colorado first round draft pick. That's oh, this is shaping up to be bad because I'm I'm not at seven right now. I'm not at six yet. Okay, go ahead. Uh, all right. Well, I'll I am at fourteen, so we're probably going to be on even playing field. Was your player drafted by any of Colorado, Columbus, or Dallas? No, none of those teams. Okay, very interesting. Hmm. Okay. How do how to divide these folk? Let us see. Maybe alphabetically. They're all they're all Colorado picks. Oh, okay. Was your player drafted in the top five? No, my player was not drafted in the top five. Okay, that's good news. We're down to three. Yeah, All right. Um, is your player is your player's nationality Canada? My player's nationality is Canada. Ah. Oh no, I'm okay. still at three. Oh yeah. But if it All had right. gone the other oh. way. If it had gone the other way, I would have had Jason Magna and a goalie and one other player again. Nah. <laughs> Alas. All right. I have a uh, uh, fuck. I have a tough choice. I have a tough choice. I have to go for the win. Um, I have Tyson Jost. I have Alex Newhook, and I have Mika Rantanen. Um, all first round Colorado draft picks in the last six years. Um. Okay. All right. I'm gonna go based off the only one. Who was not drafted tenth overall? Is your player Alex Newhook? No, my player is not Alex Newhook. Ah, no. Okay, all right. Go ahead. This is right. to secure the two zero win. I got three players Can you left. Do it? I've got a uh, guy you had last round, Logan O'Connor. No, the guy I had last round, Logan O'Connor. Um, I have guy you almost guessed last round, Nicholas Abe Kubel, and I have the only defenseman. Devon Taves. Uh, I'm going to go with, is your player Devon Taves? Player is not Devon Taves. Eesh. Ouch. Okay, all right. Um, I have to pick between the two 10th overall picks. Is your player Tyson Jost? Yes, my player is Tyson Jost. Okay, all right. All right, go ahead. it's coming down to this. Let Can I see. get Let's see. a win? 
Can I get a win? Our first win since... Let me open it up. My first win since June 26th. And guess who? <laughs> the world was so different back then. Uh, <laughs> if I get this guess right, that I will meet victory. <laughs> is your player Nicholas Abe Kubel? It is! <laughs> Yay! I did it. He did. He subverted our expectations yet again. I sure what, did. What a, a TV writer right here in the making. Incredible. Uh-huh. Incredible. Yeah, that's, come back by the way, that was all scripted. <laughs> it was. <laughs> a little behind the scenes peek for the listeners. Um, yeah, they couldn't they couldn't have written anything better in the movies. Ah, yeah, damn. Ah, well, almost. Speaking of, I just saw this. The David Ayer's movie they were going to make. Did that end up happening? Is that happening? Or did that totally fall through? Because the premise was just so awful. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm about to look that up right now. Um, no news on it yet. They announced it in March. So. Maybe they just yeah. couldn't find the right actor with enough of a. <laughs> Uh, I don't even know what word I'm looking for. To, with enough charisma <laughs> to possibly portray Jacob Slavin. What a shame. What a shame we missed out on this Disney movie. Crying tears. Crying tears. Oh, well. Um, on a sad oh. note, thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of Fusion and Hockey Podcast. The podcast, you can follow it on Instagram, Fusion and Hockey Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, at Tysefu and at Alex's new handle. And we'll see you next. Oh, we got to pick a team we uh, to talk about next week. Let's look at the uh, any ideas. Anyone stand out? Um, the easy target. Oh, you want to go Dallas? Dallas is doing some funky shit by being bad. Um, oh yeah. Oh, did you see? What, I was gonna talk about this. I forgot. Did you see what Rick Bonus did? Riley, uh, Riley Tufty. Yeah. Yeah, I uh-huh. did. Yeah, that was a dick move. Anyone who missed it, basically. Uh, Riley Tufty is uh, like a fringe guy. He's only played like two NHL games, but he was playing uh, or he was going to play for Dallas in Minnesota, uh, which is his home state. And he had gotten you know, a bunch of friends and family tickets. And Nick Bugstad of the Minnesota Wild actually helped pitch in to help buy the tickets because, you know, Riley Tufty's not like super wealthy yet. And at the last second, the Dallas coaching staff decided to scratch him. Uh, and Rick Bonus says that was like the assistance call, which to begin with, it's probably not a sign of a great work environment if you're under criticism and you throw your assistant coach under the bus. Uh, but either way, Rick Bonus had the authority there to say, nah, we'll let this this kid play tonight. And then they got killed 7-2. to two. Yeah, exactly. So they probably would have... The, the, the removal of Riley Tuff didn't seem to, to do much. Uh, and he had a really shitty quote about it. I'm trying to find it on Twitter right now. Um, but... Uh, yeah, real, real asshole vibes from a coach that uh, looks like he's on the hot seat because the Stars fucking suck this year. Yeah, uh, which is too bad because I said they'd be in the playoffs, so my predictions are looking bad. Uh, so it looks like they play Tuesday against the Oilers, Friday against the Avalanche, and Saturday against our favorite, the Arizona Coyotes. So we've got three Stars games upcoming this week. Sounds like a healthy dose to me. All right, sounds good. Okay. All right. So well, I already did the sign off, so I won't do it again. Oh, okay. Perfect. The end. So then we'll see you next week. The end. That's our new sign off. The end.